Chris Gowser here with Matt Howell. And this week on The First Run, we check out Hypnotic, a mind control superpowers movie that was apparently directed by Robert Rodriguez. Trust me, I was just as surprised as you were. And even though I had seen the trailer multiple times, I remembered William Fickner was in this, but forgot Ben Affleck is too. That, gentle listeners, is what the book nerds call foreshadowing. Then our heist marathon slides into the grim and gritty 70s with Al Pacino and Sidney Lumet's Dog Day Afternoon. Spoiler alert, Fredo can't catch a break in this one either. As always, there's the physical media, straight to DVD, and streaming picks of the week. Then we wrap it up with our five favorite Ben Affleck performances, which I didn't expect to be so difficult for a man with 83 credits on IMDb. (laughs) So, listen to the sound of my voice, and slip deeper and deeper into mysteries of the mind with Hypnotic. What makes four total strangers pull off an elaborate bank heist on a whim? I'm guessing you're going to say Lev Delrin. Why don't you tell me who he is? What does he have on these people? Are you familiar with the concept of hypnotic constructs? <laughs> Look, lady, come on. First it's uh, fortune-telling, and, uh, it's hypnosis. It's not hypnosis. Hypnotics have abilities far beyond anything we have a name for. Hypnotics? People with the ability to actually influence the brain over a psychic bandwidth. Like telepathy? Telepaths just read the mind. Hypnotics reshape its reality. The guy at the bank. You said he spoke four words to a woman in she undressed. Because she was in on it. No. Those were cues. Sound, voice, locking eyes. Hypnotics use them to make you see a version of the world that doesn't exist. Your behavior conforms with this hypnotic construct. So everything that you see and do feels perfectly normal. How is it that you know so much about these hypnotics? Because I am one. What? One of my favorite things about Hypnotic Matt is if you do a Google search for it and it does the pre-fill, this is not the first film that comes up. Mm. <laughs> you do a hypnotic <laughs> film. There's another one from 2021, I guess, and that actually... Uh, is ahead of the algorithm for some reason. Apparently. So uh, what is Hypnotic all about? Well, Ben Affleck plays a police detective who tragically uh, lost his daughter. She was kidnapped and has gone missing, and he is obsessed with finding her. He gets a tip that there's going to be a bank robbery, that they're going to steal the contents of a particular safety deposit box, And the guy who's supposed to be doing it has all kinds of weird powers. He seems to be able to tell people to do what he wants them to do. When Ben Affleck goes and checks out that safety deposit box, there's a picture of his daughter in it. And he has to get to the bottom of this mystery. Damn it. Yeah, wow. That is probably more riveting than the film was. That is incredible, (laughs) man. I Listen, I want to run through this cast. Ben Affleck, solid, right? Jeff Fahey shows up in this. Jackie Earl Haley pops in. And of course, I think we're both big fans of William Fickner, so I always enjoy him as well. And whew, wow, Matt, I, I'd say this: I actually had a lot more fun with this film than I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. I saw the tremors seeing the trailer and thinking, "Oh, that looks interesting. I wonder what's with that. This is interesting." And then there's some stuff you hear about it. You know, it's kind of a a Christopher Nolan esque kind of mind bending little film, and the whole thing feels like the first draft of a fun idea. Right. 
and that's it. And it's kind of like, all right, we're good. Like the writer's strike is happening now, not when this film was first written. So, and I guess it's based on a story that Rodriguez had a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And then it was written by him. And then Max Bornstein came in and did another draft. Though I don't know if I believe that's true. That's what it feels like to me. That's the first draft of a fun idea. They had an idea for a turn. And they just built everything around that. But unfortunately, they paid no attention to the world building ahead of time to make us care, I think, about that turn. Which I think is, it is, (laughs) you kind of know, I think, you're able to kind of figure out what's going to happen as the film progresses. Mm -hmm. It's not, the sleight of hand in this film is done by an aging magician who can't seem to hold the card in his hands without dropping them. It's hilarious in times and it's an ineptitude. And I enjoyed it. I laughed out loud quite a few times watching this. What were your thoughts on Hypnotic? Is this a misunderstood classic? Am I just not getting it? No, no, Chris. For whatever else, you and I have seen a ridiculous number of movies. We are, if nothing else, movie literate. We know what a movie is, right? We know what a good film is. And Robert Rodriguez has put out some very entertaining films. I think what's missing from this is that it's played very straight. It's played very kind of middle of the road, basically just like your standard sci-fi fare, right? And it it's just so unlike what Robert Rodriguez has put out in the past that it doesn't have that sense of fun. And it's not helped at all by Ben Affleck's performance. Like, have you seen the commercial with Ben Affleck and the Dunkin' Donuts? That's yeah. basically what he's doing here. It's very kind of stiff, kind of he seems like he's writing it in for, I say, probably a good 40 to 50% of it. He's yeah. good in parts of it, but there's a lot of it where he's like kind of rolled out of bed. You know, he's got some lingering issues with Jennifer Garner. Maybe he had a bad conversation with her or something about uh, getting the kids for a weekend or something. And he needs to get out of the house for a yeah, while. That's yeah, exactly. It yeah. It just doesn't. It's missing kind of the the spark, the the joie de vie of 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 excitement in this film. It's just not there. I think all the pieces are there, just like you said, but needed a lot more time in the recipe phase and the oven phase as well. So here's, I think, part of the issue. Here's a quote, all right, when he's mm-hmm. promoting the film. Rodriguez. My son, Rebel, is now my full-time composer. My other son, Racer Max, is my co-writer-producer. My daughter, Annan, is doing storyboards. My other son's uh, doing animatics because he's using his game engine stuff that he designed the sets for Heroes with. And then my other son edits with me. So it's a family affair. And I wonder if that's part of our problem. Mm. I wonder if we need an outside voice to say, Hey, Dad, or Robert, this ain't working. Mm-hmm. All right? And if big issue I had with the film when you do something like just Desperado or El Mariachi or uh though I, I haven't seen the what a shark kid lava girl stuff I haven't seen that mm-hmm. but uh the grind his his planet terror from grindhouse mm-hmm. that film is alive right it is mm-hmm. just so crazy over the top ridiculous fun hypnotic feels very small it's they're clearly working with a limited budget but it has this kind of startup streamer project kind of feel to it to me right and it's just it's underwritten i think aflac got his i think maybe he they pitched it to him and he says this sounds like a lot of fun i've always wanted to work with rodriguez let's do it and he gets the script and he's like oh no 
Oh, no. <laughs> I'm already signed to this. Right. So, but I don't know. It feels like they knocked the whole thing out in two weeks. Right. And uh, it's just, I guess that's really it, Matt. It's just, it feels very small. Yeah. And I almost wonder, so I knew, I knew Rebel and Racer Max were involved in this, but I didn't realize like all of his kids down the line were all involved in this too. So like. Rocket Rogue. Yeah. Maybe it's more to the effect of them. Somebody needs to tell dad more as he's probably letting the kids run with it a lot more than he maybe would have. And because he's a, a doting father, he can't like rein in their kind of you know, maybe worse impulses or they're kind of, you know, less experienced impulses and it kind of shows on the screen. Maybe that's what it was. I, I don't know. Um, but somewhere, so, somewhere, 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 someone should have said something. I want you, I'm going to, I want you to take a guess. All right. What was the budget on this? Uh... I feel like I'm severely undershooting it here, but I'm going to say 20 million. 65. Holy crap. That's all up on the screen, folks. Unless Affleck's rate is now 45, 50 million dollars. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where this money went. I re- mm-hmm. I cuz even some of the special effects when the hypnotic mind traps mm-hmm. are released I don't know how to say it. They still look like you're just throwing a filter on a camera. Right. You know, and there's one world bend, you know what, world bending inception kind of moment, but that doesn't look terribly good either. Right. And it's just, man, it's just disappointing. I don't know why I'm feeling disappointed. I I was looking for a fun kind of B genre, sci-fi twisty little thriller and the thing just can't get out of its own way. It's like they tied their own shoelaces together. And I don't quite understand it. So, listen. I still had fun with it because of how, again, how inept it is and how bad it is. I think it's an enjoyable, <laughs> have a couple pops, sit down and watch Ben Affleck basically sleepwalk through this film. A mo, I think, maybe for a total of like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, man, I got to tell you, too. When that final turn hits, did you stay through when the yeah. title screen came? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So there's that's fine. We're setting up a sequel that I'm sorry, we're just never gonna get. Mm-hmm. But part of me wishes we would. I'd yeah. like to see how crazy and bad this could get. But I want he, he needs to lean into it. I need some just badass stuff to happen if we do another one. Right. But no, after the initial reveal, when we find out what's really happening, and then we go to the final location, the reveal of that. That was just grown inducing because mm-hmm. Rodriguez has built up no goodwill, and it's just not, it's not fair. Yeah, I mean it, that was frustrating for me because Affleck is having his little smirking moment when his whole plan <laughs> is revealed, but you're like Ben, this is not the time for a victory lap. It's 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 like when Josh Donaldson, the Yankees, he he knit, he clobbers a home run that ends up like being a fly ball out to like center field. Mm-hmm. It's just not not great. Yeah, no bueno. No, yeah, yeah, I did. I did enjoy like Ben Affleck's weird turn of like just he went from like ha- being completely wooden to like smirking like he's a like channeling the ghost of O'Banion, like you know somewhere you know from Days and Confused. Just that smirk through the last like fifteen minutes of the film. 
I see it. Matt, in the end. Not a fan. I'm, just, I'm not a fan. Though I will, <laughs> again, it's, if you're in the right place, maybe you've imbibed something or, I don't know, what do the kids do today? Gummies? I have no idea. Uh, I'm giving Hypnotic a D, but if you want to lean into its awfulness and this, I think it does have the opportunity to become a cult classic, like a mm. midnight movie, then it's, it's a B plus on that level. But I'm going to stick with a D at the moment. Yeah, I don't. I have to disagree with Chris's. It's so bad, it's fun kind of thing. I don't think it's the the most damning comment I can give this. This thing is destined to be, you know, a Saturday Sunday afternoon on TNT every weekend kind of thing. And that's just yeah. it's just going to be background noise that you're going to flip through. Yeah, this is like right up there with that Hugh Jackman flood water movie that we saw that was not good either these could be like a one-two punch of both of those films oh yeah the one with rebecca ferguson yeah 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 transcendent or something no 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 i can't remember what the name of it was but you're right this is like it has that exact same feel to it yeah you're exactly right Mm -hmm. so if yeah you hated this movie you're gonna hate this one too if you love that one boy are you in for a treat that's right you're in for a great double feature (laughs) Every every weekend, I'm gonna give it a D as well, but I'm not okay. going to give it the, you know, B plus if you're on edibles and it's so bad it's good kind of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I have a soft spot for Ben Affleck. I like Jackie Earl Haley, yeah, you know, and I love me some Fickner, Jeff Fahey. Oh, great, 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 great. Mm-hmm. Tip usually, typically, but uh, yeah, no, no, no. You've had a chance to see Hypnotic currently streaming in theaters. If you're one of, I guess, the 15 people. Uh, it made 2.4, which is, it's not nothing. It's not 65 million. No, it is not. Shoot us an email, feedback at the first run.com. Matt, let's go ahead and keep rolling and spend a few minutes talking about what's coming up in physical media this upcoming Tuesday, uh, May 23rd. Oh, it's my wife's birthday. Isn't that nice? What's inside the zone? The runners have three hours. They've got to go through all four game plots. Three hours or less, and they're going to need every second, because you know who's on their tail? Who? And you know what happens then? What? Right, without further ado, it's time to start running! That's right. The Running Man is being released in 4K this upcoming Tuesday, May 23rd. I think it was previously released as a steel book, but now you can just get it if you don't want to buy the steel book. I know you're a big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, Matt, so I wanted to make sure you knew about that. What else is coming up here? You know what? I really screwed up this week, Matt. Let me see. I don't even know if I haven't counted out right. We're just going to assume. Number five is going to be uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf from Scream Factory. Mm. It's a brand new 4K restoration of that. And it is actually a 4K disc. And there's a Blu-ray as well. Includes an extensive making of featurette, some deleted scenes and more. I've never seen uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf. Is it any good? Uh, you know what? I don't even know. Because I think I got it confused with In the Company of Wolves that we just watched uh, last year. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you now. But it's not going to do, I think, anybody listening to this any good, any good. Because I think the sale will be over by the time this posts. Maybe not. Maybe Friday. I think it ends Thursday. Scream Factory is having a 50% off sale on 4Ks and up to 50. And one of them is Company of Wolves for like under 19 bucks. Oh, and I am nice. seriously thinking about picking that up. You should. You enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I rather did. What else, Matt? 
four. VHS 99 is being released on Blu-ray. Walmart is putting out a steelbook. Look at you, Walmart. Includes filmmaker commentary, deleted scenes, some screen tests, some bloopers, and more. After that, usually if you count down, you find out... Get three coffins ready. Uh Huh? That's right. Number three is Shazam. Nope, that's wrong. It's supposed to be this other one, but that's fine. I'll reverse them. You know, it doesn't really matter because they're both, I think, of the same quality. So we'll stick with Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Steelbook from Best Buy. Walmart has an icon edition, which is a special wraparound cover. Target comes with a six art cards and slipcase unique release for themselves. Includes the director's audio commentary. Uh, let's make a sequel featurette. There's a few featurettes on this. And deleted scenes, alternate and extended scenes as well. So uh, there you go, Matt, on that. And here, what originally was going to be number three, but is now number two. Again, interchangeable. Matt, I think you'll agree with me. Looks like we're shy of one horse. <laughs> you brought two too many. That's right, Matt. It's Creed Three. If you mm-hmm. want to buy it from uh, Best Buy, you can get a steel book from them. Includes a couple featurettes, one featuring Michael Jordan, a first-time director. And then there is also some deleted scenes. And then finally, numero uno. There can be only one. You have Celine Shama's Petite Maman, which is uh, being released by Criterion. It's a 4K digital master. Includes a new conversation with her and filmmaker Joachim Trier. And I did not see uh, Petite Maman, even though I desperately want to, because I absolutely adored her previous film, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And um, I think hopefully it'll hit the Criterion channel. I can check it out then if it's not out already someplace. But um, that is definitely one I've been looking to follow up with, man. Uh, another 4K release, just so you know, is uh, the Jason Statham film Crank is getting a release in 4K. I haven't seen either the Crank film. There's two of those, right? There's two? Yeah, there's two. Um, I haven't seen either one of them either. All right. And your straight to DVD pick of the week is going to be Puppet Shark. An all-puppet cast, Matt. When two boys venture into the nearby woods on a lakeside camping trip, they soon realize they have entered the territory of a rare lake shark with possibly supernatural properties. I don't know if that refers to the lake or the shark. Campfire tales help them unravel the mystery surrounding the mysterious legend. Hippies, marshmallows, independent film crews, dentists, and mermaids. No one is safe from the wrath of the puppet shark, from the loonies behind Jurassic Shark, Raiders of the Last Shark, and Ouija Shark. I am sensing a pattern. Matt, what should we be streaming this week? Well, we didn't see it for the show yet. And I haven't seen it myself either. But I've heard good things. I mean, it's a pretty big release. So, Air, starring our boy, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, uh, telling the story of the Air Jordan, uh, is available for streaming on Amazon Prime right now. Yeah, I got that queued up. The missus wants to see it too. So, uh, we'll be checking that out at some point. So maybe it'll hit the show. You never know, kids. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Matt, let's go ahead then. Uh, let's move on and talk about the last film on the big show today. The continuation of our heist marathon, Dog Day Afternoon. Now, you got to understand something. If we leave the country, there's no coming back here. You know what I mean? There's no coming back. So that if there's anybody now that you want to talk to, you want to say goodbye to, do it now. Is there any special country you want to go to? Wyoming. 
person out of country. That's all right. I, I'm going to take care of it. So, I, Wyoming. Matt, dog day afternoon. Did you see the Twitter hubbaloo the last few days? No. Somebody's at a wedding and they posted out there. At a wedding, having a big debate right now. Please vote. Who was hotter? Young Al Pacino or young Robert De Niro? Where would you vote? Ooh. Uh... I guess if we're talking Michael Corleone, I guess I'd have to go with Al Pacino. I went with Al as well. And on the first run Twitter page, which you can find at the first run, um, when I voted, I was the 219,379th vote. And it didn't make a difference. It was 50-50. After oh, my really? Vote. Wow. <laughs> what are the odds of that? <laughs> So Al Pacino, Matt, here in I always thought it was Sidney Lamet. You said Sidney Lemay. I'm not. Sh- I thought it was a Lamet oh, joint. Is maybe? it? Let's. I listen. I don't know. I'm not very bright. I'm, we all know that I'm mostly just the eye candy on this thing, even though it's mostly an audio medium. <laughs> yeah, it's Lumet. Okay, excuse me. Not even saying it right. I was saying Lumet, but it's Lumet. Lumet. So there you go. We're both wrong. How do you like them? Mm. How do you like them apples? Uh, August 22nd, 1972, Matt. Sonny Warzik and his uh, buddy Salvatore Sal Natarill decide to rob a bank. And things go horribly, horribly wrong. Hilariously so at times. Mm-hmm. And I have never seen Dog Day Afternoon. Have you previous to this? I haven't, no. All right. I've always heard really good things about it. And we finally caught up with it, Matt. And I got to tell you, man, this was, I think, an astounding film. I was just blown away by this thing. You know, you always hear, oh, it's great. You're going to love it. It's a classic, you know, and then you're like, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. And well, yeah, no, it is. That's like my mom once told me. That's why they call them classics, Chris. Mm -hmm. And I think what makes this thing so effective as well is you have to think have appreciation for history. You have to know what the state of the country was at the time. I don't, let me rephrase that. You don't need to, to get to really appreciate this film and how great it is. But if you know what's happening at the time, then I think it adds even more to the film, right? So the Attica riots that the whole famous Attica, Attica thing is from, Mm -hmm. that was a year before the film takes place. Not a year before the film was released, but a year before the film takes place in 1972. Uh, Stonewall was only three years prior. Mm-hmm. All right, the Stonewall riots. We're still a few years away, right, from AIDS, uh, but that's coming up. And also, too, we're dealing with the fallout from uh, what the Vietnam War. Nixon has resigned. Gerald Ford is president. Faith in the government is an all-time low. I mean, probably independent of the Civil War. I don't know if you want to talk about it now as well. Who knows? Uh, but people were desperate. Right. For a voice to strike back against, you know, the man. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the big running through lines of this film. And I think, too, it is, I think, in a weird way, too, just as important and has just as much important commentary today as it did back then with income inequality and dealing with all the stuff we're dealing with. That the core reason why that Al is robbing this bank is he wants to pay for the sex change for his his trans partner uh and it's an incredible experience matt what were your thoughts on dog day afternoon did it have the same impact on you as it clearly seems to have had on me it's it's 
unfortunately still seems very timely. It seems like you could take a lot of the themes that are in this um, and place them today because they're, they're the same concerns we have right now for the most part. And this kind of distrust and authority. But at the same time, I think the real clincher of this thing is the performances of Pacino absolutely uh, on this. And like his desperation and his almost naivete to like mm-hmm. say that he's not as, he doesn't realize how screwed he is. He really thinks he's going to get himself out of this. And he's like relishing the attention that he's getting. And I think what really, when it starts to come crashing down is like when he talks to his partner and they're like, I didn't want you to do any of this and I don't want anything to do with you. And it's like, it's like this gut punch of emotion. So despite everything else that's going on, you have Pacino giving this performance where he is, you know, goes from ultra competent and scary Michael Corleone to this, who's like this bumbling idiot who's guess, I guess got noble intentions, but you know, ultimately at the same time, they're extremely selfish as they turn out. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, he's just heading towards the cliff and he can't see it coming. And of course his partner, um, uh, John, John Cazell, C- um, he, he sees it from the beat one and he's just has this quiet, like defeated attitude throughout the whole thing. That's just an excellent foil to this whole thing. I mean, the whole, all of the performances are are gr- are good, but those two are are great. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, my note here is a uh, um, is a Pacino Matt, and here's another one for the books. There is incendiary. <laughs> oh, all right. I think he's he's the smartest guy in the room, but it's a room full of fools. You know, he's so earnest in his, uh, but so also at the same time incompetent. He is. I think one of the brilliant casting decisions by Lamette too was to have him i guess he turned this down a bunch of times mm-hmm. like four or five times and he kept coming back to it and he turned it down and he kept coming back to it and part of the concern too um was he felt that since he's a method guy that he couldn't he couldn't get there mm-hmm. for this and eventually he did and it's such brilliant because i think pacino his it's it's all in his eyes he has these large eyes just betraying his naive naivete uh, every time he makes a decision or makes a mistake while the film races towards its inevitable conclusion. And he he can't see it coming, but we all know, right? And it's it's just that incredible performance of his is what sells the whole thing. And Kazale, too, his sadness. Man, he's a man desperate to support his friend as much as he's, he's a societal kind of reject, I think, as Pacino is in his own way. He's kind of like silently waiting for someone to kind of share his fate with him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I felt like he was in this film. And when people say like the seventies is one of the best eras for cinema, this is one of the reasons why mm. it's really just a, it's a superb film and it's, it's this crazy combination of like the gang that can't shoot straight. That's wrestling with these kind of deeply wrought, almost taboo issues at the time. And it is just, I don't know. It was, fantastic to watch and i ra- really rather enjoyed it i don't want to say too much because i don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it uh the way it ends but the relationship the camaraderie that he ma- he 
fosters and creates with the people he's holding hostage. Mm-hmm. The town, how the city gets around him and cheers them on. And it's just, it's a, it's just a really fascinating film, Matt. It really is. I, I have it right now as uh, it's at an A. I'm inching towards an A plus. I really am, but I think I'll sit on an A for now. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think it's an A as well. And I think what's really even makes it even more fascinating is you know this is all based on a true story, and a lot of these events actually happened. Um, You know, so it's even wilder to think about how you know close this hued to real life. Yeah, and just never trust Lance Henriksen is basically what you should do. <laughs> and if you see him, turn around and go the other well, way. That's not fair. That's not fair to our boy Bishop. He he came through in a clutch multiple times. That's true. That's a fair point. <laughs> That's a fair point. So one of the little fun little trivia things that, Matt, I wanted to tell you about this too, is that they shot this during the fall. Though Lynette does a great job of, with the opening, kind of making it look like it's a really just typical, like, just hot dog day afternoon mm-hmm. right really hot day in the city but it was in the fall so they actually had like ice cubes and ice chips in their mouths to kind of make the temperature even so that you wouldn't see their breath oh, okay. being visible which i thought was fantastic but nominated for a bunch of academy awards matt let's let's talk about 1975 real fast because i look at this and it just blows my mind all right up against barry linden stanley kubrick right dog the afternoon jaws and nashville Oh, and the inevitable Best Picture winner, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow. That's murder. Best director. Well. Yeah. Best director, Milos Forman, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, who won. Fellini, Armacourt. Kubrick for Barry Lyndon, Lamette for Dog Day, and Altman for Nashville. Best actor, James Whitmore, Give Him Hell Harry as Harry Truman. I've never seen it. Uh, Maximilian Schell, The Man in the Glass Booth, Pacino, Dog Day Afternoon. Walter Matthau, The Sunshine Boys. Of course, the inevitable winner, Jack Nicholson, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And um, what else? We didn't have a uh, Best Actress, did we? No, we did not. It was not nominated for there. But then uh, Best Supporting Actor, Chris Sarandon, got a nomination. Um, Eventually losing to George Burns and the Sunshine Boys. Brad Dourif had a nomination for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Burgess Meredith, Day of the Locust. Jack Warden and Shampoo. Uh, It just an incredible year, Matt. It did win for Best Original Screenplay. Hmm. So it had that going for it, amongst other things. Of course, Jaws won Best Original Score that year. But uh, yeah, just insane competition. Crazy, crazy year. So there you go, Matt. If you had a chance to see Dog Day Afternoon, which is currently uh, streaming, if you have direct TV in any capacity like I do, you can uh, watch it through their service. Outside of that, um, you can rent it as well. And it's someplace else, but I'm blanking on where doesn't matter. You'll find it. You're smart people. I believe in you. <laughs> let's go ahead, Matt, and wrap up the big show then. And let's share our five favorite Ben Affleck performances. Yeah, I do remember the class. But frankly, I found it rather elementary. I remember that class. It was just between recess and lunch. Are we going to have a problem? Again? I was still just hoping you might be able to give me a little insight into the southern colonies. See, Wood says... What'd I say? what did I tell you? You'd be back in here regurgitating Gordon Wood. But you forgot about Vickers. No, I just read Vickers. So I'm up on inherited wealth hunting. But you're no longer the angry, brilliant young mind you once were just itching to adventure frustrations. Oh, you stopped hitting the books with a vengeance. And now I've read shit you haven't even heard about yet. 
Face facts, my friend. You're just no longer that good. Will hunting. <laughs> now, how do you like them apples? I don't like the sound of them apples, Will. What are we gonna do? Jackie? Yeah? It's hunting season. Applesauce, bitch. Applesauce, bitch. That, of course, <laughs> it's the uh, filming of Goodwill Hunting 2 from uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, <laughs> where uh, Affleck plays two performances. He plays himself, as you just heard, as well as Holden McNeil replaying his character from Chasing Amy, Matt. And that is so funny with uh, what you said in the opening about trying to nail down five performances <laughs> with all of those credits. I mean, it... Yeah, it's though I mean he was the bomb in Phantoms. But outside of that, uh there's some uh, fun stuff in here. Though I do like him in Mallrats as Shannon Hamilton. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who likes to, you know, make love to girls in uncomfortable places. Like the back of Volkswagen? Exactly. <laughs> so, um I'll start us off. You can have the ultimate number 1. Okay. My number 5 is uh mm, mm, I'm gonna yeah, I'm just gonna go with it. It's uh him as Batman and uh the Snyderverse. I think one of the uh few things that worked in that is Ben Affleck's portrayal as Batman as well as Bruce Wayne. His disdain for Bruce Wayne, right? When really all he wants to do is be Batman. And that's that's the mask, as they say, right? Mm-hmm. Is Bruce Wayne. Anyway, I loved I, part of it. I think too is I, I loved his suit, which is very much of a Dark Knight Returns feel to it. But I think he had the intensity, he had the ruthlessness, and his arc of his personal redemption in Batman vs Superman, eventually leading into Justice League. It's pretty good, mm. and that scene still one of my favorite Batman scenes is that warehouse fight. But unfortunately, that's really the only time I think that he really shines in any type of action scene as well, for the most part. Right. Is that where... And it's... it's. I still remember being really upset about that when, the, when that was released or it was part of the trailer or something about that. I think, oh man, they're showing us this. There must be so much more great stuff in that film with him. And there, there, there wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. But in, still, he was a high point. So he's my... That's my number five. Yeah. So I... I honestly have my list here, and I don't really know where I'm going to put them. So I'm just going to bring. I'll talk about the Batman as well at this point. Uh, okay. We'll say it's my number five. I think he. I think DC did him dirty. I think yeah. Zack Snyder did him dirty. I think he could have had a really good. I think he could have been, had a great turn as Batman, and I think he's got the. The basis is there. And it mm-hmm. sucks that they that he's so burned out and so over it. We'll have to see what happens with the Flash next month. But yeah, I think that that Batman fight is is awesome when he's rescuing Martha. But then you've also got the whole why did you say that name or the fact that he's got he's like just killing people left and right, which is yeah. you know seems not like the thing Batman would do. But at the same time, you know. Even in Justice League, when he's trying to recruit the supers, it's, you know, and he's falling flat on his face and 
that is that is also a lot of fun somehow. So there's unfortunately more bad than there is good, but there's enough there that you can at least see what might have been. Yeah, same with Cable. Yeah, same thing. It's just uh, it's too bad. All right, then my my number four then is uh, going to be him is Jack Cunningham in The Way Back, where he plays a guy dealing with some just truly tragic circumstances in his life. He's uh, an alcoholic construction worker at this point, and his life is quickly spiraling out of control. He's a former basketball kind of star in high school, and he kind of gets brought back to help coach a team. And it is a very realistic, solid, no super-duper happy endings. It's like not a Hoosiers thing, right, where everybody Mm kind of comes out on top and feels great about themselves afterwards. But his performance in it is really very, very good. And it's one of the best things I think he's done. I think he is very good in that. And if you want to see Affleck's range as an actor and have him handle and carry some really, truly dramatic stuff, The Way Back is probably the first place I'd tell you to look. All right. Man, I remember next to nothing about that movie. <laughs> um, so my my number four then, I think it's my only entry in his, in his comedic oeuvre, um, is Bartleby the Archangel, or the Angel, I should say, in Dogma. Um, I think he pulls off when he's paired with Matt Damon's kind of more innocent yet murderous angel. He kind of plays that that kind of i want to say douchebaggy that he plays so well you know and he's just like you know very kind of slick and charming but at the same time he's a little slimy and you kind of want to like him but you know it's a bad idea and like his whole performance as the 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 desperate yet selfish and smarmy bartleby the angel is i think pitch perfect for his comedic chops no that is a great pick uh that's an honorable mention for me so then my number three then is him as Nick Dunn in David Fincher's Gone Girl, mm. where he plays the husband whose wife has disappeared, and he is eventually blamed for her, I guess, supposed alleged murder. Mm-hmm. And things go wacky from there. But he, just his middle-class, you know, successful white guy arrogance in that role, but also basically being screwed over uh, is, I don't know, he's at one point, in some points, just this kind of milk toast kind of guy who with these kind of moments of rage, but also just totally inadequate at the same time. And it's just, it's a really delicate balance that I think he's able to pull off in that film. And I just, yeah, I think he's really good in it. And um, that's all. I think it's one of my favorite parts of that too. Not the film itself, but I think it was Anne Hathaway was being interviewed by Matt Lauer. Mm-hmm. And she, he asked like what her favorite romance movie was, and she said Gone Girl, because <laughs> he like she knew what he was all about. I think yeah. at that point. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Nick Dunn, number uh, three. Yeah, so I'll put Nick Dunn as my number three as well. I think he is. It's hard to like Affleck in this, and mm-hmm. he is, like Chris said, um, milk toast. Uh, a douchebag, a drunk, violent. But then as the movie progresses, you realize that, but at least he's not an insane murderer who has a, who is just a supervillain waiting to happen. So like, yes. it's like you just, um, start feeling a little bad for the guy. Like it could be so, so much worse. Um, yeah. So I mean, the only thing that kind of keeps it from being higher, is I think it might be his most, one of his most prestigious films as far as, you know, his acting goes. But, uh, 
He's just so blank for so much of it. Yeah. Well, the exact opposite that opposite of that Matt would be my number two, which I is, know it is him as Count Pierre Delacroix mm-hmm. in uh, the Last Duel, mm-hmm. who just devours that film, uh, and it is he is so over the top yet charming and funny. And I think he's having the time of his life on Ridley Scott's movie. And it's one of my favorite performances by him. I, I, he's worth watching that film just because of that, even with its unsavory subject matter mm-hmm. and how Scott kind of may handles his Rashomon story. His Count Pierre is just an absolute blast and one of my favorite performances of 2021, hands down. Yeah, that'll, that, I'll move that to my number two. Him, him and the Lost Duel is a hell of a lot of fun. You wouldn't think... Like, just forego the fact that he can't do an accent. To, to forego the fact that he looks ridiculous and has bleached blonde hair. But he's just hamming it up. He is just playing like this uh, bon vivant, you know, who has no cares in the world. He's going to die of syphilis when he's, you know, 35 kind of thing. And he doesn't care. He knows it's coming, but he's going to enjoy it while it lasts. Seems like uh, the the role he was born to play. Absolutely. <laughs> so that my number one, then is at one point in my life, again, I don't know why I continue to admit this, um, probably around 1997-98 was my favorite film, and that's mm-hmm. him as Holden McNeil and Chasing Amy, a role he's repri- reprised a few times since then. But uh, that's purely a nostalgia pick. I think I don't, have, I don't really have any way to support it, mm-hmm. but uh, I just have always loved him, and I've loved that character, and I love that film. So um, Holden is my number one. Yeah, so Chasing Amy... Much like Chris, when that came out, I really, that was my favorite Kevin Smith film for a long time. But as I've kind of grown as a human being, I, it hasn't aged that well. So I didn't put yeah. Holden McNeil. Now, this one will make Chris mad because he is baffled that I like this movie as much as I do. But I like, my number one is going to be Doug McRae as the bank robber in the town. Um, mm-hmm. Where he plays the Southie, you know, uh, bank robber who's kind of pulling his last jobs and he's looking to just go straight and live and retire. And his, you know, all of his friends who kind of still count on him, they keep pulling him back in uh, with a, you know, good supporting turn by Jeremy Renner being an absolute crazy person. But yeah, I can, out of all of his roles, I feel like Doug McRae is basically him. If he was a criminal. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when I watched that, I did not care for that film at all. Mm. And uh, but I do I do own it, so maybe I should revisit it at some point. It's a lot of fun. It's a good it's a good heist film. It would have slipped right into our marathon. There you go. Any other honorable mentions for you then? Yeah. So I think just his two bit comedic roles that are you know very memorable, no matter how brief they are, is as uh, the Jerko Banyan in Days and Confused, um, which mm-hmm. was really what brought us to what he could do. And then of course Shannon and Mallrats is a is a standout uh, bit performance for him. Yeah, I would actually say too his performance is Ollie in uh, Jersey Girl. It's not bad. Okay, it's 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 not bad. And then um, what else? I started rewatching. Oh god, I didn't even finish it. Uh, Ranger Games because it was on uh, HBO Max. They had the director's cut, which I had never seen. Okay, and I've I've not finished it yet. <laughs> that was a long time ago that I started watching that. And so uh, Argo, I have on here mm-hmm. as well. Goodwill Hunting. Sorry, what were you gonna say? I've never seen Reindeer Games. That's okay. You're good. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hear he's quite good in The Tender Bar, which uh, came out in 2021, which I think is an Amazon film, but I don't know. And I'll have to see if he's any good as Phil Knight in Air. we got to check that one out. Mm-hmm. 
then he supposedly said that his turn as Batman in the Flash, he's very proud of it. He says he said he finally figured it out. Okay. In that film. So he said it was a nice way to say goodbye because he was very pleased with it. Good. So I want to see how that shakes out. Yeah. All right. So Daniel Daniel Roar from Hypnotic did not make either of our lists, huh? This close. This close to being on the honorable mentions list, but it was, you know, I just was afraid it was recency bias. I didn't want to throw it on there. Good point. I still want to see Live by Night, which I haven't seen where he plays that gangster guy. Mm. And a lot of people seem to like The Accountant. Which I think is kind of a blah. Yeah, right? I didn't I think know. it was that great. No. Yeah. All right. That's it. Let's close up shop, Matt, and call it a night. What are your thoughts? What's your favorite Ben Affleck performance? Just an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. What's coming up next week, Matt? Oh, God. We're going to talk about family and Vin Diesel and cars with Fast X, something I'm so looking forward to. And then we're going to move into the slick-ass 80s with our next entry, Thief. Oh, yeah. That's a uh, Michael Mann film, too, Mm -hmm. so that'll be good. My man! (laughs) (laughs) I I really just want Jason Momoa to slip that in there somewhere. They should do every movie does. Every every single one. Everyone. He's 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 playing Hamlet. <laughs> Horatio comes in, my man, Horatio. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, check us out at thefirstrun.com. You can find archives of all the old shows, report card, which Matt still hasn't updated, even though it's not his responsibility, uh, and then a bunch of other stuff. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Do a search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually, you'll find us. And then uh, go over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a review to help other people find the show. And I guess that's it. So why don't we go ahead and wrap everything up. Take care of yourselves. We love you very much. And we will see you soon. Zero, now plane zero.